people are like, what are they? Spoiler alert. I try to keep it together. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree. Put some chapstick on. And that to me is like some laziness right there. Ugh. We're going to go through. We're going to complete these suckers. Let us begin. Welcome to a new episode of Weekend on Fleet. We're going to talk about Americans in peril. Not American apparel. Or an American in Paris. Indeed. Americans in peril. We're going to talk about Americans who get themselves into situations with people who aren't Americans that are dangerous. Or And they may or may not be playing somebody from a different culture than they personally are. Righto. So, this is an interesting one. It's kind of a yeah, interesting it's, topic it's to explore. Different, different. It's kind of exploring the idea of, you know, cultural appropriation, American superiority. You know, do we put ourselves at the top of the heap? Um, the white man comes and fixes other people's problem thing. Uh, and it kind of explores that. In some cases, goes counter to that. In some cases supports that we're, we're going to get into it we're going to get into wartime it. psychology all kinds of things right right and um all three of the movies that we're going to cover today i would say are iconic they're labeled as being exceptional films sure sure all of them garnered uh awards and made big monies so the people are like what are they they yes. are <laughs> let us go through we have three films today we're going to do uh, Dances with Wolves oh, Kev- oh. with Kevin Costner, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, and The Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis. So right Daniel there, Day. you got three leading men. Very strong, very, strong. Very strong leading men. And three very different leading men. Yeah. Um, very, very different. So... We're going to go through. We're going to weak and fleek these suckers. This one might be fun. I, I, I really don't know where my co-host is going to go with this one. So, Which is always, <laughs> is always fun. Um, so, so, weak. 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 What is thy weak? I can just feel the arrows being pointed in my direction. And then slow-mo getting released and then impaling my skin. As I say, my week is The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, interesting. My week is Dances with Wolves. Okay. I'm trying to keep it together. because (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree. Of course you don't. (laughs) I don't agree. That's fun. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. All right. So go ahead. Give me your reasons why The Last of the Mohicans did not do it for you. All right. They did a fine job. I get the point of the film. There were definitely strengths. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis is incredible, as he is. He inhabits his character. He tends to be on that method side of acting. He just goes in. He becomes. He inhabits. It's amazing. And this is like Daniel Day-Lewis physically in his prime. He Okay. He is a strikingly handsome fellow. Sure. And in this film, he is very, he's just very appealing and he has a presence. He he ain't got no shirt on. He ain't got no shirt on for large swaths of this film. (laughs) And uh, he's he's a handsome man in the prime of his life. And uh, there's there's something to be said there. (laughs) For sure. However, the weak points, 
I felt like there was a lack of character development mm. with people that there should have been development with. And I understand it was a large, complicated plot. Mm. You got to get through all these plot points and what's going on with the people. Why are these innocent folks ending up dead in their little homesteads? And right. what's going on with this battle and this battle? And who's who's good? Who's bad? But you have this this main crew that travels together. I could basically pinpoint who was going to die right. based on camera work and dialogue. And right. that to me is like some laziness right there. You could have, uh, no offense, but with some directing and writing work, there could have tweaked some things a little bit. Mm. Like the Native American fellow that was quiet, strong types. I knew he was going to die. And you can kind of tell he has a thing for that little blonde girl. Right. And the sister of the main lady, played by Madeline Stowe. I knew also she, an amazing actor. Also, yes, very much so. I knew she was going to die. And like they had they had this little chemistry thing, these moments, but they were never developed. It's like they're they're underserved like this. You're supposed to get this glimpse and, you know, fill in the blanks. I'm all well and good with that on certain films, but it was poorly done. Not enough. Does it also strike you that it's an interracial relationship and therefore both characters die in some way? Is that not kind of condemning the idea of this? Obviously not intentionally, but I think when you have two characters of a different race, especially in a film of this nature who have any sort of romantic tie and for both of them to die, it's almost kind of, okay, we didn't want to deal with this potential thing. So we're going to kill him. Honestly, I, I didn't think of that at all. It was, it was to me, to me, this was as much of it as was a war movie, blood and gut stuff, uh, heart cutting out stuff. Ugh. It was also very much a love story. Mm-hmm. And that was my other weak point too, the main love story with Daniel Day-Lewis and Madeline Stowe. That's her name, right? Am I right. saying it right? Is when did it happen? It's like they had two conversations, small conversations on screen. Is that all? And then, that should be all you need. And, I mean, have you seen <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis? I did. I spent a couple hours watching him. Um, yeah, but still... No, mm-mm. I, I'm going to need some development, guys. Again, that's, to me, it was like lazy. And I know you got to build this story up. You don't want to have like a six-hour movie like a Dance with Wolves, which is a long movie. But still, I think there was more to be done there, more to be said. And in terms of it being a great film, it is a great film. It makes you feel absolutely, and it's terrifying at parts. Um, it's heart-rending at parts. It's done. It's done well for the most part. So this these things are you know like reaching, but the because of those couple of things where it's this is obviously a love story, and these two love stories that are happening they were underserved. That right. is what put it below for me. I can see those points. I would oh. also like to point out another point in Daniel Day Lewis's favor. His name is Hawkeye in this film. Yeah, the OG Hawkeye. Yeah. So I spent the so. entire time thinking about Jeremy <laughs> Renner, you know, and drawing conclusions that jeremy renner is inferior to daniel day lewis i'm sure um hey i'm not gonna hate on him uh neither am i i'm gonna let it go let it go um no i i think you make some valid points and i'm I'm not going to refute any of those i will say in its favor it does have a beautiful score it's got some really good music going on 
Um, you have those two performances, and I get what you're saying about the romance being not well developed. A lot of what happens between Madeline Stowe and Daniel Day-Lewis is really exposition. He's telling yeah. his backstory, um, you know, and things like that. And as far as Hawkeye in this film is concerned, there's not a lot of growth for him. He kind of remains constant throughout. Yeah. The growth that you see is mainly with Madeline Stowe's character. And that growth is falling in love and being traumatized. I mean, truly. <laughs> um, so it's not. And that's it, kind of cliche. Right. Because it's like, you know, she's not a fully developed person mm-hmm. until this happens. Until it's kind the of a, trauma and the love. Right. Which is kind of a common thing in mm-hmm. film. And on top of that, it's a tragic film. Like, it does not yeah. end happily. Yeah. It ends with everybody, with the exception of a handful of the main characters, dead. And the Mohicans being a doomed tribe. That's it. And you go into it knowing that. I mean, right. there is a fair amount of that. It's like when you go watch a, a sea film where you know the ship's going to capsize. It's going to be a huge storm and everybody on board is going to die. And you go into it knowing that it still breaks your heart and makes you throw up, you know. But still, you know what, too, I want to say a little bit of product of its time when it came out. And something that is a story, you know, meant for another time, it shouldn't feel that way. And I think that makes it different than Dances with Wolves because I feel like Dances with Wolves feels timeless, even though that is from a very specific time as well. This is the Civil War. It still feels it feels timeless. And it feels like you're in the action with him. I, I will say that in terms of representation, the Native American characters in this are all side characters, right? We There's, there's not that they aren't prominent, but you don't get our, our romantic leads are both white. Right. And that's um, interesting. That's an interesting point. So that anyway, that's some more laziness. I know maybe you don't want to have a six hour film, but maybe you can plan for a sequel. I don't know. Or a slightly <laughs> longer film so that yeah. you can develop those characters and that people, especially if you know, they're going to, to, to die. They're doomed race, you know, right. quote unquote doomed race. Let them be represented as people. Right. And, you know, so when they take their journey and they draw their last breaths, breaths, or they have their heart cut out, you know, that it's even more gut punching. Right. It is nice, nice being a loose term, but um, the Native Americans are not all evil in this film. You have good ones on the good side and on the bad side. And I will say neither the English nor the French in this film come out... Uh, you know, as the heroes of the tale. So it, it doesn't glorify the 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 white race. And, you know, we don't get a, a, a white savior representation here, really, except for the fact that Hawkeye, our main character, is the hero and comes out alive. Yay. Uh, and so. Yeah, I, yeah, that is that's that is good. So looking at it, I, I guess I when I approached this, I kind of looked at these from not just a purely a pleasure point, but also from like a cultural lens of, you know, how does this do in terms of representation and things like that. And I did feel like of the three films, this one is probably the weakest in how it um, handles um, 
the the people uh the natives yeah i i found that too and i i did have a problem with that okay anything else we want to throw out there for no, that's, that's my week okay my week is dances and I was surprised that I put this... This was difficult for me. I actually really like all three of these films. I'll, this was hard. <laughs> it is hard. That's why it's Weekend on Fleek. Right. So, I do have to ding this one for a couple of reasons. Number one, it does have that white savior trope. He gives them guns. He gives them food. He saves their lives. And, and I just... Mm. Uh, I won't interrupt you. I'm just giving making a sound. He he does he saves their lives. He has all of this food and ammunition and everything stored up and when they're in their hour of need, he's like, Oh, come and let me save you. Now, granted, they save him and there's reciprocity, there's give and take. And I will say that dances learns far more from them than they do from him. I also in its positive points, you have uh Native American characters. There are main characters in this film that are important um, people and who uh, serve an important function in the story and are not just there as as Native American representation in like the most vague sense of it. You get a feel for who these people are, for their culture. Big swaths of the film are filmed uh, with subtitles as these characters speak their native language. You don't uh, have anything where someone is speaking English just magically, you know, and so that is is good. I will say that I wish that it had been braver in its romance. I don't understand why he had to have a relationship with the white girl, why it had to be the white boy and the white girl. Why couldn't he have fallen in love with a Native American? Why couldn't we in nineteen in the 1990s have boldly crossed that boundary and said oh by the way these people could fall in love and have relationships it seemed well and it seemed putting her in there was she she seemed more like a plot device at times than a person oh this is how we'll make sure that he can talk to the native americans we'll put a white girl in their tribe and then they'll have a convenient go between an interpreter and Mary McDonald is a fantastic actress, does a great job. Agreed. Um, and uh, I'm very fond of her. I, I really, I really like her as an actress. But in terms of her character, I don't know that she is always... I, I felt like a, a native... Why couldn't he fall in love with a native? Why couldn't he have learned their language and they learned his well why I th- did we need her in there in that fashion well i think that richard you're st- you're stepping into a writer's point of view which makes sense because you write but i mean from a, a viewing point I, I don't know i just i i never think of it that way for at least not in this love story um because to me he finds her he finds her she's she's uh weak because she's uh, experiencing this trauma and heartache and he helps her back to her tribe and they find ways of being together and they fall in love it's much more flushed out than last of the mohicans and you know whether whatever race she is to me she she is she and this is for all the 
Native American peoples and Dances with Wolves. You see them as just people. Yes, their race and their culture makes them who they are, but it's always like, who are you? This is Dances with Wolves. This is Wind in His Hair. This is what stands with a fist. These people are living, breathing, and they have the emotions. They have depth. They have emotion. And so Stands with a Fist is is technically quote unquote white, but what is that what does that even mean? She the essence of who she is and the essence of what Dances with Wolves movie is all about is that he is like beyond his race. He is who he is with these people. And that's why he quote unquote quote turns Indian as his fellow Civil War soldiers label him when they right. find him later. Is that he found who he actually was with these people because they know who they are and they're so comfortable in their own skin. So the romance part, I mean, that that did not even occur to me at all because they just are so much a part. They're just so much who they are um, and they're so comfortable with it that it, it doesn't bother me. And it's, it's a fleshed out love story in my opinion. So, Like I said, it's not that it's not fleshed out. It just seemed, it seemed a convenience and a less daring move than it could have been. So, um, but I, I think it's a great movie. And for me to, even as I ding it, this is a movie that I watched like a gazillion times growing up. Um, I will say that watching it as an adult, I was like, dang, the white people in this movie are either messed up or evil. Yeah, for real. Like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of dances, um, but that's that to me pre- presents a problem because that's not that's not fair either. Right, when it's you're not talking. very balanced. Right, and it's very grim. It's a very grim movie. It is. I will say one point again that did not make sense to me. The whole part where things kind of go south is when he says, "Oh, I've got to go get my journal." from the fort or they'll be able to find us that makes no sense to me <laughs> like i how, get it how, yeah. how the heck are they gonna find you with the journal do you have a gps in there or something <laughs> i mean it, it just does not make any sense well and, they'll and just I, know to look for him and again i felt like that was a, a point of convenience again it's like oh well he's got to run into his former group of people how are we going to make that happen? Oh, we'll make him go after his book. And it just seemed like there was a better way to do that. Again, minor ding, really. It's a great movie. It is. I uh, I found it to be, I don't know, both this and Mohicans for me were, were harder to watch for some reason. The then, There's a lot of sadness. There's sadness in oh, The Last Samurai definitely too. Definitely tons and tons of weight. Yeah, but these films, tons. But yeah, so um, if I had to put a last in here, it would be, it would be Dances with Wolves. But it's a great movie. I mean, and it won the Academy Award. It did. You know, and it, speaking of scores, I like this one a lot. And it does have a fantastic. And it has score. a really cool wolf. It does. <laughs> yeah, you you get these relationships with animals, like with the horse and the wolf, and. And then they're beautiful, you know, relationships. A, yeah, yeah. And, and it's done well. And um, when the relationships, spoiler alert, and it you feel it and it's it's a tragic feel. 
So, all right. All right, what's on fleek? What's on fleek? It, well, it has to be the... We have to be the same on this. This is the last, last samurai. Last samurai. So we are on the same page? Yeah. Woo-hoo. So I'd seen I'd seen Dances with Wolves many times mm-hmm. before. I'd never seen Last of the Mohicans, and I'd never seen The Last Samurai before preparing for this podcast. So there you go. That was my weekend, my fleek. The Last Samurai was an absolute surprise and delight. Mm-hmm. It was also cringeworthy for sure at times as well, yeah. just like the other two films because it's all... All battles, all war, but but like the other two, love, honor, um, wartime. What does war do to people? Right. And how does it change them specifically, and especially Tom Cruise in this film? And he's a he's a um, an officer. Civil war time again, right? Civil war time again. Um, and basically, war has destroyed him. Yeah. And he's going to do his job because he, you know, he's duty bound and he's that kind of man. Um, But almost like he's phoning it in at this point until he is forced to, he's kidnapped and forced to confront uh, people that he would have been fighting against. And to me, there was some, some little kind of plot conveniences as you were talking about Mm -hmm. with Dances with Wolves there. Um, but I did not care because I loved the relationships he formed with the samurai. Yeah. And there Ken was Watanabe. also romanticizing like out the wazoo oh, of yeah. samurai yeah. life. Yeah. Hashtag samurai life. Um, to say that it's not historically accurate might be insulting because there probably were samurai out there who were good and noble and just and blah, blah, blah. But it's an oversimplification of a system that was in many ways very messed up and very corrupt but was based on principles of of honor and and you know things of that sort and um which you get in the film yeah so whatever it's you know it's dings we can give it and however inaccurate it may be you just you still don't care because it's beautiful it's beautifully shot and another beautiful score all three of these films yeah they have nice scores have really as they score. should because we're talking about epic things battles and right. love all of these films and so they should have very nice scores and they do i like tom cruise in this one i do too you know what it i was swear very non-tom cruisey yes and no because i feel like i didn't know how much i liked tom cruise until start i started doing this podcast i swear mm-hmm. like he's a good actor right. but he stayed under the radar for me and until I really started studying his films, and I just realized how much I like him and how talented he is. And um, the relationships that he has in this film, his kind of quote-unquote love interest, which is not really a love interest, but kind of, it's like dry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the relationship there. <laughs> dry. Did, well. What a word. Well, because. I was thinking chaste or uh, unspoken. <laughs> dry. Yeah. Well. <laughs> There you go. Um, Put some chapstick on. It's, like cl- clearly, there's a pull there. There's emotional resonance between right. the two. And it the is real romance spoken. is him and Ken Watanabe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. No, I I love Ken Watanabe in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. He does a fantastic job, and the interplay between him and Cruz is very natural and very nice. Uh, they develop together. Uh, I also like it that Cruz teaches them virtually nothing 
in the big scheme of things and does very little for them in the big scheme of things. He's more a witness and a learner and he grows personally as a result of experiencing this. But he doesn't change the outcome in any real way. Uh, this was going to happen. Uh, but he gets to witness something that changes him for the better. And that uh, I think is a really interesting thing. Mm, that's uh, a good point. To look at it from you know the perspective of this is... He, he really was just in his own way fortunate to have this experience. A historical witness, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, but he ends up on the other side, though. Right. Quote, unquote, the other side. And that's another thing that's almost cliche. That's especially with these set, the set right. is like the white well, guy's bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, in this one, it's not so much that they're bad as it is that they're greedy and just being used as hired hands. Uh, okay. That's fair. But a beautiful film all around sad. All three of these films have more than a touch of the sad to them and violence and violence. You, um, you, <laughs> uh, but and we'll have to get into the bonus episode about some of that but but yeah all three of these films were good but this one comes out on top anything else you want to say about last samurai no it was it was fantastic though and i'd watch it again right now all right of these three all together out of 10 flags how many flags do you give these three films there's a lot mm, of flags in these movies there's a lot of flags you're right also a lot of shooting and well, let's see. They're very good, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say seven and a half, eight. I was also going to say eight, eight out of ten. Well, there you go, magic number. We've, oh my gosh, just talk about all three films. And no one got hurt. Delightful. I know. We came out unscathed. Everybody has their hearts. Yay. <laughs> That's a plus. Because <laughs> that scene was gruesome. Yes. That's, that's in Mohicans. There you go. There you go. That's you why that one was that. Uh, the lowest for her. Was It broke her heart. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Right. Peace. Peace.